Hello, and welcome to podcast number six of the MCRIT podcast. Today, we're finally going to get off of intubation topics, at least for a little while, and we're going to talk about bolus dose pressors. The anesthesiologists have been using this stuff for years, and it has not penetrated into emergency medicine. Not sure why. It's so incredibly useful to be able to just give an injection and rapidly correct blood pressure. Now you might say to yourself, well, why bother with this? We could just start them on a presser drip. But bolus dose pressers are for situations where you have a temporary decrease in blood pressure. You think it's going to resolve. Maybe they need some fluids. You're putting them in. In the meantime, you just want to keep that blood pressure up to maintain perfusion to the heart, lungs, and brain. Maybe it's a post-intubation hypotension where things are going to get better in a couple of minutes, but you don't want to leave them with a map of 40. You don't have to wait for the nurses to mix these medications. I'm going to show you how to mix them yourself. It's very easy, and that way you could rapidly administer treatment for hypotension, while the pressor drips usually take a while to get set up. Beyond that, drips are generally, a, a, they have a barrier to entry. You, you look at a patient, you're like, I don't want to start this guy on a norepinephrine drip. He's not that sick. Um, so you just kind of let them languish with a low blood pressure for a while until it corrects. Uh, bolus dose pressures, you really have minute-to-minute uh, -minute control of what's going on. We're going to talk about three of them. But I only really use two. So let's talk about the one I don't use very often at all anymore. And that's ephedrine. Now the anesthesiologists love ephedrine. Every time they give a spinal and they're expecting some hypotension, they'll generally either pre-treat or post-treat with ephedrine. It's predominantly a beta agonist. So beta-1 effects. It's going to increase heart rate. It's going to increase cardiac output. It also has some indirect alpha effects, so you're going to have some vasopressor response. The problem I have with this agent is it lasts a long time. Its onset is almost instantaneous, and its duration is about an hour. Now, if I need someone to have a presser and inotrope response for an hour, I might as well start them up on the drips. Most of the things I'm using bolus dose presses for are reversible. They're short-lived, so I don't want an hour's duration. That might be too long. So I don't find myself using this one very often. Um, before I discovered epinephrine, I was using this as my inotrope bolus drug. But as I'll tell you in a sec, I like epinephrine better. So don't really use ephedrine anymore. I'm not even going to discuss how to mix it up. It'll be in the show notes if you're interested. All right, let's get to the inotrope I like. And that would be epinephrine. Epinephrine is a common emergency medicine drug. We're fairly familiar with it. A lot of the time, I've seen it used the wrong way as a bolus dose presser. Sometimes uh, folks will have precipitous drops in their blood pressure. MAP is 30, and someone reaches for an amp of epinephrine and administers it. Now, that one milligram dose is dramatically too high, uh, dangerously high. Don't do that. Never give an amp of cardiac epinephrine to a patient who has a pulse. That's a dose for a patient in cardiac arrest. What you want to do with that amp of epinephrine is take a syringe with 9 cc's, 9 ml's of normal saline, and just draw up 1 ml of that 1 to 10,000 
epinephrine ampule. So you're taking one cc, one ml from the normal cardiac arrest epinephrine amp and you're putting it with nine cc's in normal saline. And what you're going to get is now you're going to have 10 cc's of 10 microgram per ml epinephrine. And this is the perfect way to mix up this medication because now if you give one cc you have 10 micrograms and if you give two cc's you have 20 micrograms and the normal drip dose of epinephrine is somewhere between 5 and 20 micrograms so if you give one cc of that newly mixed epinephrine you're giving 10 micrograms if you give that every minute or so you're giving them the same dose they'd be on on a drip now the way I use this is when I need a partial press response when I need inotropy because the patient's cardiac output has dropped, whether it be because of medications or due to a sepsis-induced myocardial dysfunction, and I just want to see what they'll do with an inotrope, or I've intubated a patient, and now they have decreased cardiac output, and I'm giving them the fluid load, but I just need something to tide them over for a few minutes, I'll give one or two cc's of this bolus dose epinephrine and will have a nice temporary increase in their blood pressure and their cardiac output. So the onset is in about a minute. It only lasts between five and 10 minutes. So this is a very safe, very titratable drug. And if you give half, one, or two mLs of this, you'll see an immediate response, and it'll go away very rapidly. I just love bolus dose epinephrine. So just to conclude that, never, ever, ever Give patients with pulses the one milligram of epinephrine. Mix it up the way I taught you. If you give maximum of one to two cc's every minute or so, you're going to be well within the normal dose range. Oh, and the other cool thing about this is if you mix it up like I told you, it's the same concentration as lidocaine with epinephrine. You know, that medication you inject all the time in the subcutaneous tissue. So if this drug does extravasate out of a bad IV, you're basically giving two cc's of lidocaine with epinephrine, which you inject all the time. Just don't inject it in the tip of the penis and you should be fine. So this is a very safe medication to give through a peripheral IV. Last but not least is my favorite, bolus dose phenylephrine. Now, as you know, phenylephrine is a pure alpha agonist. It has just vasoconstrictive effects, no effects on the heart whatsoever. So you're not going to increase heart rate. You might even decrease heart rate. This drug is just great. I have this drug next to me for every high-risk intubation where I might see hypotension. I have it next to me during every conscious sedation where I might have drug-induced hypotension. It is just clean and easy. Now, this, the way you mix this drug up is you take one ml out of the phenylephrine vial. That phenylephrine vial is 10 milligrams per ml. And you take that cc and you put in 100 cc's of normal saline, you know, just a bag of 100 mLs of normal saline, and you just mix that puppy up. And now you take out in a 10 cc syringe, you draw up 10 cc's of that newly mixed bag. And what you're going to have is you're going to have phenylephrine 100 micrograms per cc. And the dose you want to use is you want to use half to one to two mLs every minute or so. And so that'll give you between 50 and 200 micrograms of phenylephrine, the same dose you get in a phenylephrine drip. Now what you're going to get is you're going to get in about a minute a pure vasopressor response. 
Phenylephrine only lasts about 20 minutes, so you're not going to have a long-standing effect. It'll go away, and you'll be able to reevaluate what your patient's doing on their own. You're going to see an increase in blood pressure. You're not going to see any increase at all in heart rate or cardiac output. And in fact, this drug sometimes will decrease cardiac output if you're giving it to a patient with normal afterload. But if you're giving it to a patient with profoundly dropped afterload, you might even see an increase in cardiac output because they weren't perfusing their heart with that MAP of 30. And now you take them up to a MAP of 70, all of a sudden they're getting heart perfusion and their heart starts beating normally. So phenylephrine is a very clean, safe medication. When do I use it? Well, when you've given medications that have pure vasodilatory responses, like for instance, propofol, phenylephrine will fix it and it'll fix it very cleanly. And what about that atrial fibrillation patient? Blood pressure is in the toilet. It's 50 over 30. And yeah, you've tried your immediate counter shocks because this is an unstable patient and they haven't worked at all, which is very common in the patients who have had chronic atrial fibrillation. So what do you do? Well, what I like to do is I just immediately give them some phenylephrine because first of all, it's going to perfuse that heart and make it more likely for them to convert. And it's also going to maintain brain perfusion so the patient's not going to go unconscious and need to be intubated. And now I got some time. Maybe I'll give some amiodarone. Maybe that'll stop it, but probably not. But what it will do is it'll make the potential for them to uh, shock out of it on the next round of counter shocks more likely. So now I have bought myself some time. I've taken an grossly unstable patient and given them some stability with my bolus dose phenylephrine. So just to wrap up, ephedrine's out there. It's used by the anesthesiologist. I don't like it. Epinephrine, if I need an inotropic and pressure response, very safe, very commonly used in emergency medicine for cardiac arrest, but now it can be used for other patients as well as a bolus dose. But phenylephrine is still my favorite because that one is just so nice and clean. You just get a pure vasopressor response. You give the medication, a minute later, increase blood pressure. If you need to give more, wait a minute or two and give more. Half to two mLs every couple minutes and you will have a very nice clean pressure response. All right, that's it for this week. Um, just to wrap up, I just want to tell you of all the options for subscription we have, you definitely, if you know what a blog is, should subscribe to the blog in your blog aggregator. If you don't know what it is, don't worry about it. Instead, subscribe by email. Every time I make an addition to the site, uh, on the blog site, you'll get an email in your box and you'll know what's going on. If you have iTunes, or an iPod, well then subscribe to the iTunes version as well, and that way every audio and video will come directly into your iTunes program. If you have any questions, my contact information is on the site. Have a good week, and I'll speak to you soon.